Amen. Ephesians chapter 4, and I want to deal with verses 29 and 30. All right, last week we stopped at verse 27. If you stand for the reading of God's word, it says, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. Ouch. Amen or thank you. Whichever one. But only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. Do not what? Grieve. Do not what? Grieve. Notice the context. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. I want to talk about this morning, watch your mouth. Part two. Breaking the cycle of negative speaking. Amen. Breaking the cycle of what? Negative speaking. Tell your neighbor, neighbor. Watch your mouth. Amen. Amen. From restraining ourselves <clears throat> from saying negative things, criticizing, complaining, excuses. Told you last week that if you're going to break the cycle, you start with sanctification. That's what the passage deals with. I told you you got to stop thinking that lying is okay. Lying is not okay. I told you white lie, pink lie, gray lie, blue lie, fuchsia lie, all those lies, uh, it's a lie. There's no little lie, small lie, medium-sized, super-sized lie. They're all lies. Amen. I, th I told you you got to stop thinking that it's okay to lie. I told you you have to start practicing speaking the truth in love. It's not that you can't say the hard things. But say what? In love. You're not trying to hurt the other person. Because you love them, you tell them the truth in love. Some people use that to be rude. I told you you have to develop the spiritual gift of what? Self-control. I told you that you have to settle your differences with others. Because if you let the sun go down on your anger, anger is something that resonates in us and it comes out in our speaking. Are you following me? I told you about overgeneralization, magnification, minimization, and personalization. Told you that we, in, in order to overcome and break this cycle, we have to really focus in on our spiritual life. As believers, Paul tells us that we are to put on, in verse 24, the new self. Get acquainted with who you are now in Christ. Anger, sin, lying is not a way of life. But yet I find that there are some believers who are still trapped in those behaviors. So how do you watch your mouth? How do you break this cycle of neg negativity, negative speaking? Communication, saints, is an art. I believe it's an art. And, and something that I had to learn. Because I didn't have a filter. You know what I mean? I would just say pretty much whatever I wanted to say. Amen. Not thinking about how the other person 
would receive it. You with me? And I believe as believers, God is calling us to a different life. If you look at Ephesians 4, he talks about all these things that we ought to take off and we ought to put on, right? But if you look at verse 28, there's something else that he says. He says not only do we put off the attitudes of the old life, but we also put off the actions of the old life. Check it out. He says, look what he says in verse 28. He says, he who steals... Mm -hmm. must steal no longer. So it tells me something, right? The passage is telling me something, that there was some kleptos in the church. You couldn't just leave your purse out. You know what I mean? They they were stealing. They, they were like really, and justifying it. Well, you know what I mean? I ain't got no work. I can't find no job. And Paul was telling them this Ephesian church was tough. Okay? And he says, but rather he must what? Labor, performing what? Performing with his hand, with his own hands, what is good, so that he will have something not for himself, but to what? Share with one who has need. Notice the whole attitude. He says that God blesses you to, with with a skill. You go out and you work. Not only do you take care of yourself, but you think about someone in need. I wish I had somebody. That's the Christian life. Paul says. That if you were a thief before, you've been transformed. Come on, help me. You see, some come to Christ, but they keep the practices of the old life. And that's the reason why they don't see themselves changing. Because they have not changed the company that they keep. Come on, somebody. They, they, don't, they don't strip off, because he says, take off some of that stuff. Put off some of those deeds. So... I believe it's the same thing with speaking. The language. Words have power. You could either build up or tear down. We'll look at that here in a minute. So let's look at it. He says in verse 29, he says, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. So how do we break the cycle of negative speaking? Watch this. Now, the word unwholesome here in the Greek, the word means something that's rotten. Something that's worthless. Poor choice. Poor quality. Bad. Ooh, did you just say that? You know, I mean, that's what that's the kind of bad he's talking about, right? He, he said the word for unwholesome also means it's unfit for use. Now, I got another challenge for you this week, so get ready. But, but if you're going to break the cycle of negative speaking, the first thing you have to do is pay attention to your word choice. I'm going to say it one more time. Pay attention to your word choice. Don't say, I just talk like that. This is who I am. It's up to you. Have you ever thought about it? It's up to you which words you use. And so I want you to keep a record this week. Amen. Of the rotten, <laughs> poor, bad, unfit for use words. So you can kind of determine what kind of person you are. Because your words tell you what's in your heart. The Bible says out of your mouth comes what's in your heart. It's not that that person made you mad. It's your choice to respond a certain way and say what. Listen, keep a record. 
of your cuss words, your condescending words, your sarcastic words, your stinging words. Can I ask you a question? Have you ever took an inventory of that? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever really like took an inventory? Tell you what, ask your spouse or your close friends or your kids. They will kind of tell you how you speak. Are you with me? Pay attention to your what? Your word choice. He says, look what he says. He said, let no unwholesome words proceed from your mouth. Well, watch this. But only such a word as is good for what? I found out something by studying this passage. You can give me an opportunity. And I can believe myself. But your one word of affirmation will cause me to take advantage of the opportunity. But there are people who have opportunity, but they don't have a word from anybody. You, you with me? You say, well, I don't need a word from anybody because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm self-driven. I'm self- I get all of that, but you can only get so much from self. I, I, I realize something. When I tell my kids, you can do it. Because I believe you can do it. It gives them what? Energy. It gives them the drive. It gives them the motivation. Watch this. So so the next thing you got to do is pick words that build up and don't tear down. The word here for edification is where we get this Greek word, okotomy. And the word okotomy means a building. I realized something a long time ago. My words are like bricks. And I'm placing them in the lives of my wife, my children, and the people around me. And either I'm building them up or I'm what? Tearing them down. Oh, boy, it's got quiet up in here. Amen. If the words I speak... Don't add to the building of that person. Then I ought to be quiet. Amen. Can you do it? Amen. Then here's the other question. How long will you do it? How do you know which words to use? Watch this. How do you feel when people build you up? Oh, come on, somebody. Some of us are always on the receiving end of being built up, but we can't return it to anybody because we don't know how. And all you got to do is pay attention to your word choices and then ask yourself this question. If what I just said to my wife, to my friend, to my kids or whatever, did it add to their advancement or did it take away from... Listen. When you're in an argument and you say bad, you know when we're in arguments, you know what we do? We shoot below the belt. Why do we hit? Why do we hit? Because we're trying to hurt. But can I ask you a question? Let, let's let's, 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 let's just, just think for a minute, right? We're we sober this morning. Watch this. Check this out. Watch this. Do you think that's going to end the argument? <laughs> do you think by pointing out the mess that this person then did, do you think... That it's going to make them better? 
But pastor, they need to know they're wrong. Yes, so so here's the thing. If they know they're wrong and they don't have a solution for why they're wrong, they're going to continue to be wrong. So if you point something out, make sure after you're giving what? Words that what? Build them back up. Because sometimes you got to break people down in order to what? Build them back up. Come on, help me, will you? So he says, he says, he says, listen, make sure the words that come out your mouth, it edifies. Edifies. From now on, we will use words that will build people up and not tear them down. I believe we've been doing that for so long that it's a practice that we are very good at. Why is it so hard to do good? And you have the Holy Spirit. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Watch this. Does it make you feel good? When somebody's down, come on. But we do it. We do it so casually that it's like, man, did I just say that? So pay attention to your word choice. Pick words that what? Build up. But look what he says now. Look what he says. He says, he says, he's, look what he says. He says, he says, give him a word, right? That's good for edification. Watch this now. Watch, what, watch how carefully he did this. According to the what? Remember I said I didn't have a filter? I learned it from scripture how to have a filter. I learned this scripture many years ago. He says, according to the need of the what? Moment. Let me give you an illustration. Job's friends. When Job was sitting in the ash heap of life. His, his boys came by to try to counsel him. And everything they said to Job tore him down. Because they were assuming that Job was living in sin. And that's the reason why that stuff happened. Just because bad stuff happened to good people doesn't mean they're living in sin. It may be a test from God. But they did not know how to use their words to build them up. So what we have to do is we have to be sensitive. Next thing we have to do is pick the right timing for your words. I teach this to couples in counseling. Timing is everything. Maybe you just hold it for another day. Come on, y'all. Come on now. It's not, listen, you don't have to say it right there. Some of us, we, we got silver tongues, man. Do you remember last week I said self-control? Some people don't think before they speak. Whatever pops in their mouth, amen, it comes out and it doesn't fit the timing. And let me tell you something. I believe we destroyed relationships. I think these people should have still been married. But the timing was off. See, we don't think Paul is saying you have the Holy Spirit and it's possible to do this. So you pay attention to your word choice. You build up with your words and you don't tear down. You pick the right timing for your words. So look what he says next now. Watch what he says next in the verse now. He says, so that it will give what? Grace to what? To those who what? Huh. 
interesting to me. That Paul is saying that when you open your mouth, it's an art. It's a timing thing. It's a, hey, I got to understand that this thing here, I'm building up. But can I ask you a question? When you speak, do people listen? Watch this now. Or do they cringe? Or do they have this secret thing in their mind like, man, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what she's talking about. She's crazy. <laughs> he says, so that it will give grace to those who what? To hear. So the next thing you got to do, you ready? Write this down. It's important stuff because you're going to practice this this week. Pay attention to your tone. If what you said, if the tone is not graceful, then you can say the hard thing. Sometimes we got to say the hard thing. But we say it in love. But the tone of voice. You start raising your voice. You start going up. You start going up. You start going up. And then some of us, we don't go up. We just cut. We stab. You know, we just, you know, you ain't no, ain't no secret. Like, you know, and 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 watch this. When you speak, do you speak? Now, here's 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 some tones you need to be careful of. Authoritative. No, I'm no. I'm. There's also a caring tone. Cheerful. Coarse. Conservative. You could be conservative, you could be all that cute stuff and still be lying inside. Uh-huh. You can. So you got to make sure that when you're speaking to me, your heart is right. You understand what I'm saying? You could be confrontational. You could just be ca- casual. Uh-huh, yeah, right. yeah, okay. Dry. Some of y'all just dry. Just, and you're like, that's your tone. Just dry. There's nothing that comes after it. Here's the other thing. Complaining. Amen. I believe that Paul is telling us that in order to live this life and in order to break this cycle of negative speaking, we got to watch our tone. And, and not only should we watch our tone, but we got to be careful and pay attention because God, the Holy Spirit, is in us. And oftentimes I say to people that if you are not careful, you can live a negative life that you created. Not the one that God has given you. Hello, somebody. Watch out for this, too. When you get comfortable around certain people and you're talking about people. That's negative. When you laying up on your couch just having cat talk, oh girl, you should see, you should see what you had on the day, and you just going on and on and on and on. That is negativity. When we speak, we must build up. If I'm not building you up to do better, then we don't need to be talking. Because guess what? It's not benefiting you. It's not benefiting me. Watch this, last point, and I'm sitting down. Look at that. Gave you back some time. 
Look what he says lastly. This is the part that really, this is where I want to label right here. Verse uh, 29, verse 30. I want, to, I want to teach you something here. He says, do not grieve the what? Now, you got to catch it now. Of God. <laughs> the Holy Spirit of God. Where is the Holy Spirit? Huh? Really? We don't act like that all the time, huh? We want to know what's it really in us. Like, what's really in you? What spirit's in you? I hope it's the Holy Spirit. Some of you are not even acquainted with who he is. So, at the moment of salvation, you are baptized, sealed, and filled with the Holy Ghost. And you've been given a spiritual gift. And then you have the fruits of the Spirit, which you have to develop. I told you develop what? Self-control last week. But in the context of speaking cray-cray, I mean crazy, negatively, I'm sorry. I don't know what I was thinking about. He says, you are grieving. Is that why I'm so powerless? I'm talking about in the other areas of my life. I'm talking about, man, I've been living in violation to the Holy Spirit, not knowing that it's not just me not, you know, tipping out and all that kind of stuff, but it's how I speak is affecting my spiritual growth. And I'm grieved. Let me tell you what the word grieve here means. Besides our conscience, the Holy Spirit helps to guard the believer's speech. Besides your conscience. God knew that you would have to battle with the flesh the devil and the world. So he left inside of us when Jesus ascended, the Holy Spirit descended permanently and rested upon the disciples and now on us so we have power. Watch this. You have to get familiar with how to be filled with the Spirit. That's the, that's the only thing that's temporary. You'll never lose the Spirit, but you will lose the filling of the Spirit. So how do I get the filling, Pastor, you ask? Holy Spirit, fill me afresh today. Forgive me of my sins and fill me. And you also get the filling from reading the Word of God. I'm helping you. I'm helping you real quick. Watch this. Watch this now. Watch this. Watch this now. Without the filling, you're in the flesh. You're still saved, but you're susceptible to acting a fool. And you wonder why you act a fool. And sometimes you don't feel saved. You are saved. You're just not filled. Because you've grieved the Holy Spirit because you let out that F-bomb. 
that G bomb or whatever it is, right? You you done assassinated people. You were gossiping on the phone. So your feeling is you just came from church and you wonder why you feel drained. Because we've been grieving the spirit. You with me? Watch this. He is not a passenger. He's your paraclete. You know what a paraclete is? One who comes alongside you and walk with you. He ain't no passenger. He has the same rights and rules over your life. But you can grieve him. Now the word to, to grieve means to make, to suppress him. To push him down. Can you imagine being a Christian this long and you keep grieving the Holy Spirit? Watch this, with your thoughts and your words. Watch this. And you're wondering why you're not connected to God. Why you're not connected to his kingdom. If you grieve him by your words, just imagine you can grieve him through the way you live. See, 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 watch this, watch this. We as believers have the power in us. But we have to tap into that power. But if you keep grieving, that word grieve again, it means to suppress. But because it's in, the, it's in the sense of grieving, watch this, it means that he's a person. God has given you a real live person in the spirit of the Holy Spirit to live in you. So when you open your mouth, he guards it. But if you keep walking in the flesh, he can't do his work in you. You know what changes us, y'all? You know what changes us? The Holy Spirit. You know, you know, there's a book by Francis Chan called The Forgotten God. We forget sometimes that we got the Spirit in us. God has not left you alone in this journey. And, and a lot of us, we know what's right, but we keep giving in to the flesh. And we're grieving the Holy Spirit. So what's my last point? Last point. Pay attention to the power, the presence, and permanence of the Holy Spirit to break the cycle. He says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. See that? Sealed. The word grieve also means to distress the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine the Holy Spirit, did he give a testimony about you? <laughs> she stressed me out. <laughs> He stressed me out. I shoot. I'd be trying, man. I'd be, boy. Oh Lord, that was a good one right there. I'd be trying. 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 But he stressed. Listen, Holy Spirit, said, you stress me out, man. <laughs> this is some real stuff right here, y'all. I, I just want to tell you, you're not alone, y'all. You're not alone. Before a balloon is filled with air or helium. It has no life. 
However, once the helium fills the balloon, it has the potential to fly high. Most of the time when you buy a balloon, we look for the ones that's filled with helium and ready for purchase. These balloons are not flying around because the vendor has them there. It's flying around and and, and they're there for sale because the vendor has tied them down. They've tied them down to something intending to keep them on the ground. Many Christians are aware of the power of the Spirit that they have inside of them. But they're tied down. They can't fly high because they're tied down. That walking in the flesh keeps them from experiencing their potential of flying high. Using words that tear down will tie you down. Grieving the Holy Spirit will keep you from reaching your potential. So my encouragement to you today, if you're going to break this cycle, pay attention to your word choice. Pick words that build up and not tear down. Pick the right timing for your words. Pay attention to your tone. And then lastly, pay attention to the power presence and permanence of the Holy Spirit to break the cycle. I want you to take this challenge again this week. This week we're going to take the challenge. We're going to watch our mouth. But in addition to watching our mouth, what we're going to do this week is we're going to pay attention to the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you something about the Holy Spirit. The moment you go to say something, he will convict you. I want you to be in tune with the Holy Spirit this week. Don't grieve him. Don't ignore him. But ask God this week, this whole week, we're going seven days again. No negative speaking, but we're going to pay attention to the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus.